Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. Pardon me. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday. It is the 7 a.m. Eastern meeting. It is May 22nd, 2017. Today we're starting a new chapter, Chapter 4, We Agnostics. And that's on page 44. We'll be commenting and reading paragraph one in the preceding chapters you have learned. And so today's readers are for the 12 steps of OA, Anne-Marie M., the 12 traditions of OA, Tenzin P. And our readers for the text today will be Craig F., Lisa H., and Lisa B., Well, the share ID for yesterday, which was Sunday, the 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, May 21st, 2017, special edition, share ID is 9963-9963. The presentation was entitled Love and Forgiveness. Okay, our open. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose. That's to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anne-Marie M. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Janice. This is Anne-Marie M., compulsive overeater, uh, currently in Rhode Island, actually from Rhode Island. Uh, one, we admitted we were uh, powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take a personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. I'll pass. And thank you, Anne-Marie M. I will now ask Tenzin P. to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P. calling in from New York, grateful compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, films, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much, and I pass. And thank you, Tenzin T. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Now to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we resume our study, and uh, 
in the big book, and we're on chapter four. We agnostics, page 44, and I'm going to ask Craig F. to please read and comment on the, if you wish, the first paragraph. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Good. Good morning. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you for your service, Janice, and uh, I'll begin. Uh, chapter 4, We Agnostics. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope, that, we hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Uh, first thing I want to comment on is the title of the chapter, um, We Agnostics. It uh, um, uh, is worth thinking about for me anyway that that uh, he didn't title this chapter We Atheists or We uh, We Believers or We uh, we of little faith. He 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 said we agnostics. An agnostic, of course, is a doubter. Uh, they they uh, uh, and and essentially, uh, what he's telling us in, in this chapter is that uh, we're suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Um, that um, we we are uh, suffering from. Uh, the fact that we've lived on our own self-will, in other words, um, and uh, that the only way, that the effective way to get out of that is that spiritual experience. Um, this is a thesis statement. This whole paragraph tells us what he's what he's told us already and what he's going to tell us. And what he's told us already is the difference between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic, and and and. Uh, the the compulsive eater and the non-compulsive eater. We've we've come to learn about the allergy and the obsession. We've learned that uh, that you know there may be heavy eaters out there, but uh, that if we're truly compulsive overeaters, that we can't stop on our own will. That we can't control this by uh, a better diet or a uh, uh, we can't control it by uh, group support for any length of time. Those things may be effective in the short run, but they're not effective uh, over time for the true compulsive overeater. And and so then he's telling us that, that we have a disease that only a spiritual experience will conquer. And he hasn't really told us yet how we're going to get that spiritual experience. Uh, we may have begun to, to experience a, a, a spiritual transformation, but we're going to find out, and uh, we're going to find out about uh, about that soon uh, in this in in these paragraphs, and, and that that's a, a real um, hopeful note. Uh, you know, it could be a, it could be depressive almost to think I'm spirit suffering from an illness and only a, this thing will cure. Well, uh, there is a cure. There is a solution. We we learned in the last chapter there is a solution, and and there there is joy and hope in that, and. Uh, and, and he restates that here. There is, in a sense, he's stating again, there is a solution. Uh, a spiritual experience will conquer this. Will conquer it. And uh, with that, I, I I take great joy and and, and happiness uh, that uh, that I have a solution today. That uh, 
I'm not uh, trapped in the pits of despair here uh, that to live forever uh, in in the disease. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Craig F. Okay, we're going to open it up for sharing. We got the whole meeting now. So Julie who Harry. M. Matt M. Tina S. Okay, I'm going to tell you who I have. Okay, I have Larry K. I have Matt M. I have Santa H. <laughs> um, that's about it. Harlan G. Tina R. Harlan G. G. Julie R. And, uh, okay, I'm going to stop one more. Kim, uh, let's do Kim G. Okay, so we have Larry K. Um, we have Larry K. First, and then Matt M. Please go ahead. Okay, uh, Janet, uh, Janice, can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you good. Can okay. you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you okay. Uh, Larry K. Recovered compulsive overeater from <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so you know now I know what I have to do in order to recover from alcoholism. What I have to do is it said in the first paragraph, I have to undergo a life-changing spiritual transformation if I'm if I have this alcoholic mind, if I'm a compulsible reader. You know, once I understood the problem in the doctor's opinion, if I can accept that, that I have this problem, now I you know, and I, I qualify, uh, I have to undergo a life-changing spiritual transformation. And you know, for me, this was not the answer that I expected to find in Overeaters Anonymous. But I had to keep in mind that my disease is a fatal progressive illness. It's a fatal progressive illness for a guy like me. And, you know, prior to AA, you know, we're reading here in this chat. See, most alcoholics either die drunk or were locked up in jails or insane asylums. And, uh, and, and here it's telling me, and it's just laying out the very beginning because we agnostics is going to focus now on the solution here. If the problem is lack of power and I have the twofold nature of this disease, the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, that strange mental twist, if I have this double whammy and I've accepted that, now I'm going to have to come to believe through this process that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And that's what this chapter was because I thought, well, I, I believe in God. You know, so, you know, when I see a, t a title of a chapter, We Agnostics, I think, well, that, that's really, I don't need to spend a whole lot of time with that. But I had to recognize and I came to realize over time that whatever my belief was, whatever spiritual foundation that I came here with, came to these rooms with, it wasn't working for me. Certainly in the context of this fatal progressive disease that was choking me out, it wasn't working. So I had to have this, these steps were going to, we were going to learn that these steps would, would result in a spiritual transformation that would align me with the higher power of my own understanding. And when that happened, I would begin to change. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Janice M, star one. Oh, yeah, I still, I'm sorry. Okay, thank you, Larry Kay. And the next will be Matt M and then Santa H. Please go ahead, Matt. Good morning, Janice. Can you hear me? I can. 
You're awesome, Janice. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Compulsory Eater from New Jersey. If you, if you, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take. You're probably alcoholic. I used to tell myself that I just have a lot of weight to lose. I'm not really a compulsive overeater. That can stop any time I want to, which was a lie because I have a sliver, a slice, a slab, a slob into the food at night I would rob. You know, that, that, that was me. I could not stop myself once I took that first bite, that first Oreo, that first bite of the Kit Kat bar, or whatever it is, first cheeseburger, whatever it is. I was not unable to stop on willpower alone. I don't have any willpower when it comes to this disease. It's a drug of no choice. And I believe I am agnostic to an extent. I know I have a higher power. I just don't know what it is. And I try not to define it right now, at least for now. I might try to name it later on. But um, sometimes when I'm lazy, I call it God just, just as a placeholder because I don't really believe in the God if I got to what I was raised with. And um, so but I do believe I have a higher power who watches out for me because there's a lot of situations, just there's no coincidences. I just happen to get out of tough scrapes at the last minute when something like, you know, and um, I, I just realized that I have to, I, God has taken care of me, my higher power, when I need him to be there for me. And right now I'm just taking it one day at a time. I've been abstinent. I'm working on my ninth step, and I'm trying to listen to what my higher power, was, which is a little inner voice in my head, listen to what it tells me to do. Uh, one day at a time, because it always tells me usually the right thing to do, and I have to literally listen to make sure it's my intuition and not my own head telling me what to do. And I'm grateful that the program is here, and I'm grateful this meeting is here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. And thank you, Matt M. Okay, Santa H., and then Harlan G. Wow, Janice, you heard me. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share. Good morning, everybody. My name is Santa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, living in a solution one day at a time. And here, page 44, 44 pages read, and we are at step two. And the book nowhere in here that I found, it says we are step one, we are step two, until we get to step three. So here is the preceding chapters we have learned something about alcoholism. And that's very a humble statement for me. I've learned a lot reading these, these prior 44 pages. And the doctor's opinion, which is vital for me, is that I had to understand wholeheartedly in my innermost being that I had an allergy to the body and the exception of the mind. So the doctor's opinion calmed that out for me. And then I had a chance in the Bill story to identify in, do I think eat or feel like Bill? Can I identify in? Am I a mature compulsive overeater? I had an opportunity to do that. And this book lays it out so well in a textbook, in a textbook format because then it goes on and says, guess what, Santa? There is a solution, but there's only one. And it gives me a, a sneak peek into what that solution is, a little bit of how other people have experienced it. Again, I can identify in. And then it goes into the more about alcoholism, where I had opportunity to understand that absence only is not the answer for me, and what happens in relapse. And that's what absence only will do for me. And then now I get to step two. Step two, where it says here, and I love it, it says that it might, that might be the case. You may be suffering from an illness which only and what's so great about this book, there's very few times where it says only or must, but this is one of those times. There's no options here for me. There's only a spiritual experience will conquer. And so for me, I had to have a vital spiritual awakening, a vital spiritual experience. And like what the reader has shared is that we will get more into that as we go through the process. But it's so important for me that I understood 
how important step one was and how much this book divulged into step one. And now that I have that foundation, I am now ready to embark step two. Thank you for allowing me to share it with that I pass. And thank you so much, Santa H. Okay, Holland G, you're up. Thank you very much, Janice, and thank you to Team Monday for making this magnificent meeting so possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. When I look at this chapter, it really shook me up when I first really absorbed it into my soul because everything that I had ever been told about how to recover from this illness was incorrect. People told me from the time I was four or five years old that if you really loved your mother, you wouldn't eat so much. That's not true. They told me if you loved your father, you wouldn't eat so much. Not true. If you want to get a girlfriend, you wouldn't eat so much. Not true. If you had willpower, if you just had character, if you just get down to a certain weight, everything will be okay. Not true. What I found when I came here was shocking to me because the understanding that I had of a higher power was a God who split the Red Sea, made the oil burn for eight days when it should have burned for one day, and burned the bush without consuming its leaves, etc., etc. But what did that have to do with me? And in the, the answer that I had was nothing. I was in pain. I was lonely. I had been ripped to shreds by this illness. Where was God? Where was God? And so what I had to do was revolutionize my idea of a higher power because here is the thing. An agnostic is one agnostic without knowledge. They're not sure that there is a God or there isn't a God. I was sure that there was a God, but I was just as certain that that God didn't give a hoot about me because I cried out to him in my tears, through my tears, and he seemingly did nothing. But he did a lot. He led me to Overeaters Anonymous. And so I had to change my conception of that higher power because here is fact And this is not the first time that this is going to be introduced. Because when the big book wants to tell me something, it tells me again and again and again and again. It will spiral that information over and over again. And here it is. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. For me, I never had a spiritual experience. I had a spiritual awakening, which is slower than a spiritual experience, but my idea about what that higher power is, that idea of how that higher power works in my life has been completely revolutionized and continues to get revolutionized as my life evolves. And that's one of the things that I have to do all the time. This is very important information for me, and with that I will pass. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Holland G. Okay, Kim G., it is your turn now. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. You know, for many years in Overeaters Anonymous, we, at the beginning of our meetings, it would say, are there any other compulsive overeaters here besides myself? And I would raise my hand 
And I realize now that what I was raising my hand to was I'm fat and I don't want to be fat anymore or I'm no longer fat and I'm terrified of getting fat again. I mean, the fact of the matter is that 36.5% of Americans are obese. Do I believe 36.5% of Americans are compulsive overeaters? No. And that's why it's so critical for us to know the difference between the alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Just because you're fat doesn't mean you have this disease. You know, I think to myself also, I've been reflecting on this the last few days, about the idea of, of in a meeting hearing somebody leaving, say, ah, they didn't want it enough. You know, I, that, that is so sad because I don't believe that's true. I have to believe in my experience, in a way, I wanted it a lot, a lot many times. I just got a very confusing message. So I have to ask myself, ask the meetings that I participate in, ask the inner group I'm in, ask the world service I'm in. Are we giving an accurate description of the distinction between the compulsive overeater, I mean the, the non-compulsive overeater and the real compulsive overeater? Are we adequately teaching the allergy of the body and the mental twist? And if someone does not want that message, you know, and they leave, that's fine. But the question is, are they getting that message? And if they are getting that message that we have this twofold illness, are we getting the message also that only a spiritual solution will conquer it? Or what was what we are offering as sponsors, as meetings, as intergroup, that the solution is a food plan, that the solution is dieting with group support, that the solution is working the tools only? Those are some big questions maybe we can ask ourselves because the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic is really important. And for those that are coming in for the first time to Overeaters Anonymous or maybe decade after decade after decade, I have to ask myself, as a recovered woman, am I giving an adequate representation of what the problem is? Am I giving an adequate representation of what the solution is? And am I giving an adequate representation of what that plan of action is? Because not only is the newcomer important, but the many people like myself who are in OA for decades dying of this disease need this message so desperately. And I'm so grateful for a vision for you and for every healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting that carries the message of depth and weight of the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. Okay, we're ready for some more shares. DR. All right, I hit Tina S, and I hit somebody Nessa. R. Nessa R. Nessa R, okay. Julie R. And, and I hit no. Julie, Julie who? Huh? Julie, what's your first initial there? Melissa R. C. It was R. R. Okay, thank you, thank you. Norman right, D. Uh, let's have Norman. Norman D, and one more? I heard Reva P. Uh, Reva. All right, let's do Reva P. Okay, we'll still have time. Tina Ress, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Uh, hi, what Thanks, did we read? Janet. Did we, what did we read? Okay, we're on page 44. We agnostics, and we're on the first paragraph. So sorry to interrupt. Thank you. You're welcome. Tina, please go ahead. Thanks, Janice, for your service. Tina mm -hmm. S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. 
Wow, some great stuff. You know, Chapter 4, We Agnostics, We Without Knowledge. You know, when I first got here, I, I thought, you know, that I was coming in on Step 3. You know, I was raised Catholic, thought I believed in God. Well, you know, I, and it was just shared. You know, I certainly believed that there was a God, but I didn't believe he was working in my life or would work in my life. And, uh, you know, I like that it talks about only a spiritual experience will solve my problem. You know, because I had tried many other ways. And once I read this and understand this, if I take this to heart, this is the only way that will work. And, you know, the spiritual experience, and that comes in, you know, step 12, having had a spiritual awakening is the result of these steps. You know, the, the result is that I have to do the, the 11 prior to. You know, I have to do some work, you know, and I don't always want to do the work. But it doesn't matter what I want to do. It matters what I do. And, uh, and, and then it tells me, you know, if I fit in these two categories, then, you know, because it gives me the distinction, distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. Okay, if when I honestly want to, I find that I cannot quit entirely or, or it doesn't say and, or, it says or, if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. You know, I'm probably alcoholic. I was probably alcoholic a long time before I came into the rooms and accepted the fact that I was powerless and that my life was un unmanageable. You know, and, uh, you know, the good news is that on my own I can't do this thing. But once, once we start studying the rest of this, you know, I know that there's a power greater than myself and all I need is a willingness to believe in that to get a start. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. And uh, Nessa R., please. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So um, this is the third time in the big book that um, explains to me how, how to diagnose myself. Um, in the doctor's opinion, I was taught about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. But in three places, in page 31, 34, and in this place, it tells me how to actually diagnose myself to see if I am the real compulsive overeater. Because, you know, this is the only disease where the patient has to diagnose himself. You know, nobody else can tell me what and who I am. The same way that I cannot tell um, any newcomer, any person who's struggling in the rooms or anything, you are a compulsive overeater. This is something that they have to determine by themselves. You know, like I used to think that, you know, I was a compulsive overeater because I was fat and I couldn't lose weight. I mean, I did lose weight, but I couldn't keep it off. And I thought that made me a compulsive overeater. Um, but that's not the case. That just made me fat. Um, what makes me a compulsive overeater is that, you know, when I start eating my trigger foods and my trigger ingredients or engaging in my trigger behaviors, I cannot stop. I have no human ability to stop. And when I am stopped by, you know, some, some miracle because I run out of food, then I cannot help but get started again, even against my will. And that is what makes me a compulsive overeater. And the importance of me diagnosing myself is that unless I do that, I am not going to be willing to undertake this rigorous program of action. You know, the big book um, describes um, the, the approach, the steps in several places with the word drastic. And it is drastic. It is a drastic approach because this is a drastic disease. It is a drastic disease that wants 
to kill me. You know, I do believe that this is a progressive and fatal illness. Unless I believe that, I'm not going to be willing to go to any lengths. I am not going to be willing to, um, to, to be rigorously abstinent, to be honestly abstinent, to be entirely abstinent, and then work um, these steps, these drastic uh, proposals to the best of my ability so I can reach the, the, the permanent solution um, to my problem, which is a spiritual solution, as it says in this paragraph. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay. Uh, um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, yes. thank you. It's Julia. Yes. Julia, you're up there. Hi, this is Julia, recovered compulsive overeater. Yes. Thank you, Janice, for your service. So when I, I started away in 81, and that's all we had was a big book, and I remember my sponsor bringing me to you know, to start reading We Agnostics. And I looked at it and I said, oh, I have a belief in God. I don't need to do that chapter. And we skipped over it. And it's really interesting because fast forward, you know, if I've been in OA since 81 and I'm approaching three years of um, being recovered, uh, there's a lot of years in between there where I flip-flopped. So I I did a a year-long big book study about three years ago. And when the person started with We Agnostics, it was a simple question. Are you acting in a manner that shows how powerful your God is? And boy, did that hit me. Because, well, no, because I was still doing some dishonest things with money. I was in and out of the food at that time. I had another relapse. And it was like, wow. So, yeah, I know the distinction between the real compulsive overeater and the just the overeater. I no doubt am that real compulsive overeater. I mean, people on the line would be shocked if they had a camera and they were able to see what I do when I'm in the food um, and or just abstinent, white knuckling it. So, no, I wasn't acting in a manner that showed how powerful my God is, hence that the only thing that's going to help me is a spiritual awakening, experience, solution. So, you know, I've, I've continued every day I try to, you know, get a different angle um, for my spirituality. I change up my prayers. I change up my meditations. I change up my quiet time. I use crystals. I use this because I don't want to become stagnant because my only hope is my relationship with my creator. And that is the key. You know, I've been the abstinent only, and, uh, you know, it sucks because I am not a changed woman. I'm still self-centered and I'm egotistical and all of those things 24-7. But it's like, yeah, what is my God? How powerful is my God? I mean, I I don't even have enough time in the world to explain the powers of my creator. So, yeah, that's where it all is. And, um, you know, I'm going to stay recovered one day at a time as long as I continue on my path to how powerful is my God. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Julie R. Norman D., it's your turn. You're up. Thank you very much, Janice. Thank you for your service. Uh, it was an amazing uh, chapter for my first day. I'm actually speaking on a vision for you. I came onto the vision for you meeting a couple of days ago. And... Um, 
again, it says right over here in the first paragraph, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably an alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Since before Passover, I've been struggling to get back onto my OA program, and it hasn't worked. It, it, it can start in the morning, and by 10.30 or 11 o'clock, it disappears. And uh, it says here to have a spiritual experience. I'm a religious man, but religion has very little to do with spirituality. Religion is a great vehicle by which to achieve spirituality, but it's not spirituality. Spirituality is having a conscious contact with God, recognizing that He is there. And this is a, a wonderful paragraph to start my program with, just to know that uh, I need help. I need to turn to God to ask the help, to ask for that help, that I can't do it alone. And that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm very happy to be here. And, uh, and with, that, with, with that, I'll pass. And glad you're here, Normandy. Thank you. Reva P., it's your turn. Good morning. It's Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. When I first read this chapter, um, I didn't understand at all the whole concept of agnostic because I had very thorough religious training and education, and I thought I knew everything about God. I could quote parts of the Bible and interpretations of the Bible. But what I have learned is we, without knowledge of God, without knowledge that a personal God um, who is individualized specifically for me and my needs, who can give me power to um, overcome this disease beyond my human will, beyond professional medical help, beyond even the fellowship, that I can access a power that will obliterate the mental obsession that I've learned about in the preceding chapters um, and will prevent me from um, turning to my old solution, which was the food. Um, And the only way that I can access that power, um, the only uh, way I can get the spiritual experience is by doing the steps. Um, So it's not a head knowledge that a God exists. Um, It's experiencing what happens when I work through the steps um, and then I access that power and I have access to courage to do what I could never do before. So right now I'm facing a dilemma and a challenge for me and it is such a blessing to know that I don't know the answer and I'm not supposed to know the answer and when I try to fix problems and force solutions to come up with an answer, I make things worse. And the only, only answer is always, always, always working through the steps so that by the time I get to step 11, I can access the power um, that can do for me what I can't do for myself. And it goes way beyond the food. It has to do with all aspects of my life. Um, And I didn't know that before. And I didn't know it till I experienced it. With that, I pass. 
Well, thank you, Reva P. Okay, um, <clears throat> we're going to continue. Uh, who would, on page 44, the first paragraph, who would like to be next? Melissa C. Melissa C. Ke who is it, Kelly? Yes, Kelly S. Okay, if you could speak up just a little louder, I'd appreci we'd appreciate it. Kelly S. And who else? Anybody else? Sally A. All right, Sally. Good morning, Sally A. Okay, let's take those for now. Please. Go ahead, Melissa C. Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And um you know, um yeah, so first initially we have to identify, um, do I have this? You know, is this really the problem that, that I'm facing? And um and yes, the answer is like absolutely yes. And I knew the answer was yes long before um, I was really willing to accept this solution. You know, um, for a long time, I kept hearing, um, take what you want and leave the rest. And so I figured I would take every other aspect of the problem and leave anything that had any, you know, mention of God. And um, what a joke that is, because there's nothing else to the program. You know, you can't, um, you can call it whatever you want. I'm just calling it God for now. But you can call it um, any kind of spirit, spiritual thing, but you cannot leave that piece and think that you're going to have any, any kind of recovery. It, it doesn't exist. And, you know, um, for somebody who was so angry at God and, and uninterested um, in in God, um, it took a lot of suffering for me to finally realize, um, you know, okay, I'll surrender. I'll do anything at this point. Um, if this is the solution, all right, I'll get over being mad, you know. Um, and that's where it really began for me, that I just slowly let go of that anger. And holy heck, you know, like that's the power rushed in and met me right where I was at. It wasn't as difficult as I feared it was, and, you know, the great awakening and what I, like, I can just, like, smile and laugh today is that um, initially, you know, I was going to use God as the vehicle to get me <laughs> free from the food, and now I realize my addiction to the food was the vehicle that brought me to God, and, um, and so I'm like, you know, I can't believe it, but I'm so grateful that I was obese. I'm so grateful that I was in so much pain because it, it forced me to do something, to finally surrender and get to know this incredible higher power um, that has been the, you know, it's been like the greatest gift of my life. It, it's brought me so much more than just a normal-sized body that. You know, like, my dream was so small. I, I didn't even dream large enough. And um, that was all I wanted. And, and, wow, I got so much more in return. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. Kelly S., please, it's your turn. Hey, Janice, this is Kelly S. in Oklahoma Recovered. Um, thanks for your service. So um, I was just really wanting to share on this because, on that very last sentence, if that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Well, um, my problem was, 
you know, as was pointed out, the um, definition for agnostics we, without knowledge. And like a lot of people um, have shared, I didn't really read this chapter either, and I've been around 30-something years because I had a belief in God, so this one didn't pertain to me. And as we're going to find out, you know, in the next several days, that this is where we're going to find out the solution is. The thesis sentence is on the next page of this entire program. And so I missed out on a vital part. But so without knowledge, I didn't know any of this. So it says, you know, we may be suffering from an illness. Well, the problem was for me when I came in, I thought my illness was um, I was fat and I didn't want to be fat and I, or I wanted to stop eating or I didn't want the consequences of eating um, or really, you know, I, want, I wanted life to go my way is what I wanted. And I didn't know, uh, and I thought that was my illness. My illness was I was fat, and if I could just get that under control, life would be great. I didn't realize I had a spiritual malady. I didn't realize that food was my solution. I thought food and weight was my problem. So my, without knowledge, my lack of knowledge of knowing what the real problem was, was that I needed a higher power. I was never getting it, you know, because what I really thought was, that we came in, because you know, I've been around 30-something years, so you know I got it. It was a 12-step program. I'm not stupid. I got it that you're supposed to find a God, but I thought the reason you were working the steps and the reason you got a God was to fix the, the real problem, which was my food. Those things were going to help me stop eating and stay stopped. That was it, end of it. What I didn't realize, what I've come to realize was I had to put the food down, work the steps, to get a higher power to solve my real problem, which is my spiritual malady, to learn to do life different, to do life on God's terms, not on Kelly's terms. And so that was the problem was I didn't understand. Putting the food down was just the beginning to all the other work I needed to do. You know, so I had the, the goal, if you want to call it, the goal was wrong, you know. So I missed out on that vital part. It wasn't until I started going through this book again with you guys and hearing what the real thing was, and I was like, how did I miss this in 30 years? Well, first of all, you know, I kind of skipped through this chapter, and then I also didn't read it in, in order like it was supposed to be done to begin with. So, you know, so again, you know, I thought my illness was my food. My illness was my spiritual malady. And so once I finally understood that and got the knowledge of that and picked up these tools, spiritual toolkit, it says, and started really working it like you're supposed to, it really started coming true for me. So for today, I'm just so grateful to be in a recovered state for the first time ever in 34 years. You know, I have a little over two years, and I just, I have truly given up hope it would happen for me. So grateful today, guys. So I'm glad to be in this chapter. This chapter is life-changing, so just hang on, and I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Kelly S. Okay, good morning to you, Sally A. Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much for your service to all of us. Good morning, a vision for you at Salier in New York. A grateful, recovered, so grateful to be recovered, compulsive overeater. I love that these chapters begin with most of us, we agnostics. There's always this pulling together of us. And um, recently someone said something to me that was really um I sort of perseverated on the thought that when we wake in the morning, we are all waking to a fog. Every one of us wakes up to a fog, that early morning fog. And the first goal of the day is to come out of the fog and to get connected to God, to our higher power, and then to others. That is our life goal, is to come out of that fog 
and to get connected to our higher power and to others. And so when he uses this word, we, over and over in the beginning of each of the chapters, he does present a picture of us. We cannot do this by ourselves. In fact, more and more I I realized that my illness, while I knew that I had the feature of isolation, of trying to fix it by myself, my call it ego, call it, I just didn't know what was wrong with me. I wanted to fix it, and I always thought that I would fix it by myself, lose the fat, and then get back to people, to the world. But the book is continually telling us, giving us a snapshot that we need each other, we. And so I love that, In again, in the chapter, it starts with that first word, we. We need each other. And then agnostics. You know, I never could, I never could identify with this chapter. I used to want to skip this chapter. I, I had such a, a perspective that I'm not an agnostic. I've never been an agnostic. I've always really believed that there was something there. And what did I believe? But the truth of the matter was that even when I was blocked from my God, who I knew was there, I was agnostic. I didn't have a belief system that allowed me to connect effectively so that I could connect to God instead of running in my spiritual hunger to the food. And so these first two words, we agnostic, I've come to look at those two words as we, all of us, we need each other, block. Whether we are aware of who our higher power is or not, if we're in the food, we're blocked. And more and more I realize that this has to be clarified from the get-go. Yes, the 12 steps lead us to a spiritual relationship. But truth be told, those first steps, that first step of acknowledging my powerlessness, that I cannot do this of myself. It's just not built into me to get well because I have this illness that's spoken of in that last line. We're suffering from an illness. I cannot get well by myself. So step one, I'm powerless to get well. And step two, we came to believe. We've got to believe something and we got to figure out what you believe. And thank you, Janice. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I hope that's helpful. And thank you so much, Sally A. Okay, we still have some time. Who would like to comment next? Anybody? Okay, Sally, let me take Sally Dana B. M. Shani B. Anita L. All right, let's. I hear Anita L. Sally B. Sally B. Mm-hmm. And Anita L. Please go ahead. Let's try these two. Yes, please. Anita L. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to start? Please. Okay. I didn't I didn't get to my timer yet, so please time me. Um, hi, this is Anita L from outside of Philadelphia and grateful to say that I am a recovered compulsive overeater and uh the reason why I wanted to share is because recently I made the choice to go back into the food in February. And I did that because I was angry at my higher power. And um, 
after six weeks of indulging in my disease, I got on my knees and basically said, forgive me, God. I am so sorry. I can see I cannot do this without you. I am so into the sugar. I just cannot. I can't stop on my own. And I humbled myself and I called my guide, my spiritual guide, and I asked her to take me through the steps again. And because I recognize the fact that I have this disease, I cross from the point of no return with the food. I've proven it time and time again and again over and over. And without the help of a spiritual being, some power outside of me, I I mean, how am I, who am I to question that this does you know, this spiritual entity in my life is the only reason why I can walk a free woman today. It's because I was able to surrender and I said, you take it, take it all. I'm willing to do the work again. Please help me. And I went through the steps. I read the big book. I listened to the special editions. I called people And today, I feel again that I've been given this miracle, this gift, that I can go anywhere and the food doesn't call me, call to me. It's it's beyond my comprehension, and it works. And so I am the real deal. I, I cannot put food down at will. Um... If I get back into my disease, I can't predict safely when I'll stop when I'm eating sugary products or uh, and other things. So for today, I am clean with my food. I've identified what I'm allergic to. I have a food plan. I follow it, and I work my spiritual part of my program, which is the only thing that will help to keep me in fit spiritual condition and therefore a child of God. So thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to share. And perfect. Thank you, Anita L. Okay, we have a couple more minutes, and it's your turn, Sally B. Star one to unmute. Hi, this is Sally B. from Western Mass. A um, little shy to be on the phone. Um, I was thinking about how another speaker talked about the we of the program and how how I sometimes get off track and try and tell someone how to do the program or something and give them some information and forget that it's by speaking about my experience and the identification of that that a newcomer can feel safe. I, I was in a meeting yesterday, and I could tell I was frightening a newcomer um, and trying to rattle off that that the steps are to get us to God and blah, 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 and that that the way of the program is so important and that and that I talk about my experience and what worked for me. 
and that that's a way I of of I being the we. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Sally B. Okay, it is about that time. So I want to particularly thank everyone who has shared. And today, which is Monday, May 22nd, 2017, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, the share ID is 9964. That's 9964. So please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa B. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I'll keep you until then. Good morning, this is Lisa H. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Who did I get the wrong name? Mm-mm. Go ahead, Lisa. Lisa H., please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is Lisa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Tennessee. <clears throat> Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.